Welcome to the Steadfast Podcast, where we as a community of believers dive deep past the waves of this modern world and its culture into ourselves to find a deeper truth to anchor ourselves to. I'm your host, Braden Singer, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Henry McGallier. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us again for another episode. Uh, It's been a little bit since we've been with you, and we're thankful that uh, we can come back together and uh, have another conversation. Uh, Today's a little bit of a different episode. Uh, We're going to be talking about the uh, the theme of godly dating and marriage, and uh, we're very, very excited about our guest today. Brayden, would you like to give him a quick introduction? Yes, so on this episode, we have Wes and Elena Rains. Wes is a barber down at uh, Sulphur Springs, and Elena, what do you do? I'm a stay-at-home mom. Okay, so yeah, like Henry said, today we're going to talk about godly dating and marriage. So, tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you met. Do you want to start or you want me to go? Um, I can start. Okay, so... I'm Elena Rains, and I am originally from the Northwest Arkansas area, and um, I always grew up in the church. Uh, My dad's a minister. He has been ever since I was about three years old, and um, we um, always grew up going to this church camp uh, about 15 minutes outside my house. And so that was always a big part of my life. And then um, when I was in junior high, I want to say like 7th or 8th grade, um, I started going to overnight camp. And we went to a specific week called Living Stones Week. And that was actually the first time that Wes and I met that was a very long time ago. So we kind of knew each other as friends, but didn't start dating until later. But we can get into that so, in a little bit. <laughs> I'm Wes. I grew up in Mountain View, Arkansas. Uh, very involved in the youth group there and just in the church. Uh, we spent a lot of time in the summers out at, at Camp Cottle doing different camps. And <clears throat> I had first noticed Elena, I'd say, um, during a worship service. She was sitting a couple rows behind me and back to the left. I think three rows, but who's counting? Um, so we were in the middle of this worship service, and it, I noticed a voice, um, and I had to turn around to see who it was It was singing. Um, she is modest and wouldn't say it. She's a very good singer. She's got a degree in, in music ed, so that's kind of her thing. Um, so I turned around, and to my awe, uh, the face of an angel matched the voice of one. So I spent the rest of the week uh, shamelessly courting and trying to sit kind of closer and closer to where she was at because I wanted to hear her sing and just sit close to her. So uh, by the end of the week, I remember we were we were pretty much sitting right next to each other by that Friday. Um, but we didn't we didn't date or anything. We we uh, lived in separate towns, and I think at the time we were like fifteen, sixteen, mm-hmm. maybe even younger. I remember younger than I had just started driving, and we had kind of thought about the possibility of maybe like getting together to go see a movie or something. But we lived two hours away and 
so it would have been just really difficult for a for two 16-year-olds. <laughs> Knowing her dad now, there would have been no chance drive <laughs> to, yeah. to meet this random dude um, to go see a movie somewhere. But I ended up, and I guess this is the way uh, that we had officially started dating. Um, I went to, to school at Arkansas Tech after my freshman year. or uh, I went to school at Arkansas Tech after my senior year. And after my freshman year of college... I did an internship at that church camp, so it was about 12 weeks, and um, to make a long story long, I, I hurt my leg. Um, I was a, a lifeguard that summer, and my leg had gotten caught in between a truck and like a Kubota, like a side-by-side, so I was sitting on the tailgate, and the dude backed into a side-by-side, oh. and it, it crushed my right leg um it didn't break anything but i ended up getting compartment syndrome and um i I couldn't really effectively be a lifeguard so i needed a lot of help and uh one day i was lifeguarding and had to have like a lifeguard assistant uh join me and it ended up being her mom that came down to help and so me and her mom hit it off, had no idea that uh, Elena was her daughter, and we we hung out and talked for like an hour and a half that day. Um, I couldn't really do anything but like, hey, kids, hey, yo, stop, hey, don't run, hey. No running. So anyway, I was I was about as worthless of a lifeguard as, as you could have had, be it that I was injured. So anyway, Elena came and visited uh, to see her mom that day. Yeah, I, I was like, hey, my mom's out there, and I just got off work because I worked in the mornings during that summer, and I wanted to come out and just see a bunch of people that I knew from past years and just kind of made my way around the camp in a big, huge circle, and I ended up where my mom was, and I walked up, and Wes is like, hey, Elena, and I'm like, hey, Wes, how's it going? And my mom's like, you know each other, what? So, so she had, she'd been talking about her daughter. For like the past 30 minutes. Yeah, and didn't even mention my n- name. Yeah, didn't fail to mention the name. And so I didn't really know exactly who she was talking about. But when then she came around. And after that, I shamelessly flirted. Like all day. Like hardcore <laughs> flirted with Elena. Um, and it was good. I gave it, I'd say after that, I gave it like a week. Um, I still had her number from years past, uh, although we hadn't talked or texted in a long time, um, I texted her, uh, and this was, this was my, my shameless pickup line, uh, we were getting paid, but very little to be camp interns, I think it was like $50 a week, um, and so one day I texted her, and I was like, hey, um, I'm getting paid on Friday. How would you feel about helping me blow a paycheck? <laughs> and uh, she said yes. So we were we were planning on going to a movie, and first movie dates are always super awkward. Um, luckily enough, that plan ended up changing. We got invited to go to like a, a benefit banquet to raise money for the camp. 
and the tickets had already been bought and it was like a five course meal and it ended up being really nice um, and it gave us a chance to actually talk and be around each other without mm-hmm. having to be at like an awkward movie for two hours and like <laughs> alright we'll see ya um, and then afterwards we went to an escape room with a couple of mutual friends and it was it was a lot of fun got to actually know each other a little bit but because the cha- uh, the the plans had changed and we we didn't get to go to our movie i um <laughs> at the end of the day i was like you know we had talked about doing a movie and i i feel like you owe me another date because we didn't we didn't get to we didn't actually get to go go to the movie that we wanted to go to, and yeah. she reluctantly agreed. But it was over <laughs> with after that. Like, I feel like I'd set the hook. Yeah. Um, and then, for the rest of the summer, she she spent a lot of time coming out to just check up on things at the camp, and we spent a lot of time together. Yeah, he says that, but I was actually out there to see him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the the old injured lifeguard. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much how we how our relationship started off, and then she came back and started her sophomore year of college here at Harding. After that, and then I started Barber College. So we did like a bit of a long distance relationship for. Like a year and a half, I think. Quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. It was not easy. It was not fun. But if you keep a long-distance relationship intentional in in the sense that we get to see each other often and we try to talk often, Mm -hmm. communicate. I was not a very good communicator long distance, but I made it a point to see her often. Um, And, yeah, it worked out. How are you able to keep a godly relationship when godly relationships are looked down upon in this world? So I really feel like to, to answer that question, you have to define what it, what it means to have a godly relationship. Um, and for us, you know, there are a few really simple things that, that you can do, but what is a godly relationship? You know, you, you're loyal to the one person. And, and really to have a godly relationship, you have to put God first in that relationship. And for, for us to put God first, we have to, we have to prioritize that in a way that like, I, I care about my relationship with God and her relationship with God more than, you know, we can even care about each other. Right. And sometimes I think it's hard to do that because you just love this person so much. And, like, your love for God is different than your love for your spouse as it is with your love for your friends or your love for your children. But, um, I mean, it's very clear that we have to love God more than anything with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And then everything else comes after that, even our spouse, because we're not going to be married like that in heaven. And so that's that's why it's so important. But it is very awesome being married 
It is. Um, and having a relationship on earth. Right. So that's that's why it's important to focus on the relationship with God first. But it does not work. Marriage does not work if God is not the priority. And I think I think it being that uh, we we align ourselves a lot uh, as far as theology and the way we think. I think if there was a, a differing, you know, if Elena didn't believe that that Christ was king, you know, that Christ has actually been resurrected from the dead, then the, the marriage really wouldn't work. Um, we, we align in that, but um, your role, I guess, as a husband um, is to protect and to love and to provide. Um, and so for me, that's, that's where I feel like I fall in trying to obtain and maintain a, a godly marriage is to protect and provide for her um, and love her like Christ loved the church. And so really what it boils down to is, is selflessness. Um, the Bible says that there's no greater love than, than being willing to lay down your life for a person. Um, and I feel like if you're willing to lay down your life for a person, then you're willing to do so much more for them than that. Now, it's easy to say, I'm willing to die for you. Um, but if you're willing to die for someone, you ought to be willing to do the dishes for them. You know, or to fold the laundry for them. Or to pick up after yourself for them. Or to, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Fill in the blank there. I mean, if you're willing to die for a person, then you're willing to do so much more than that for them. Mm-hmm. So... That's really, really great. And I, I really, really like what you said about God being the focus first and then everything else stemming from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard, I don't exactly remember where, but I heard that um, earthly relationships should be reflections of heavenly ones. Um, and to the same degree that, you know, it talks about in the Bible that, you know, love your wife as Christ loved the church, you know, and, being, and giving all of yourself for her. And that type of thing. It really is a reflection of, you know, the love that God has for us and that we should have for God as well. Mm. And so, um, you know, it, it just is interesting that there's like a parallel there between a vertical and horizontal relationship. Mm. And um, I think that as long as our our eyes are, are focused upward, then the horizontal relationships, you know, God God really holds them together and He, he keeps them um keeps them running smoothly and that type of thing. And, you know, it's also important to be intentional about that and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, God is the glue that, that holds a lot of marriages together. And oftentimes, uh, the reason that divorce happens and the reason that divorce is so prevalent is because um, our relationship will lose sight of that, of prioritizing the spiritual goal being that, you know, for me, my job is to, yes, love her, but I want to get her through the gate. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get her uh, into into heaven. Um, now, I'm, I'm not solely responsible for that. I mean, she has a part to play in that too, obviously, but um, if I'm not taking active steps to, to guide my family in that direction, 
then obviously uh, there's dysfunction. And I think we see a reflection of that pretty much everywhere in society. So, um, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he says a lot about leading a relationship. And it marriage is a partnership, but it's mostly important that the man leads um, the relationship spiritually and that he be the one that um, directs his wife and his children if he has them because um, well, what, what was the quote that my dad had said? It was a good one. About um, I, think, I think it was the faith of Oh yes. Children will never will not supersede. Yeah, will not exceed exceed that of of their fathers. fathers. So, you know, if if you're a a faithless man with a family and you have a faithful wife, oftentimes your children will grow up being modeled after you know the faith of the father. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that is, but I I I see it. I see reflections of it in Mm -hmm. society. I feel like. If you if you want to have faithful children, then it, it falls pretty directly on on the man to model that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if not, then it's a uphill battle for a, a woman. She's essentially raising her children as a single mom, in the sense that like the dad's not present faithfully, you know, mm-hmm. and and so they don't really get to see a direct model. Of what it's supposed to look like growing up. So. Mm, absolutely, and I think that you know intentionality of you know keeping your focus and, and keeping your uh, your mindset on God, and just trusting Him to show the way and show how to live and and how to be the best father or, or mother or spouse or you know however uh, whoever you need to be, and just mm-hmm. trusting Him that He will show you the way, mm-hmm. and then everything else kind of falling into place. I think that's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I if I love her like Christ loved the church, then I have to be willing to, to direct. I have to be willing to reflect on myself, and I have to be willing to sacrifice uh, everything that I have for for our family. That's a really good verse um, to talk about. Love your wife the lo- the way Christ loves the church. Right. I think sometimes we forget about that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's a really really important thing to remember. Yeah, he was passionate about the church. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was willing to die for it, but also like he was willing to direct it the way that it, he led it. Um, although although he was willing to to die for it, he was also willing to be in charge. Mm-hmm. So that's true. I really really like what you said earlier about you know are you you're willing to die for this person, but are you willing to do the small things? Are you willing to to live for them? Right. You know, and I think that that, in essence, is so incredibly true because mm-hmm. sometimes we get so caught up in the big, oh, I want to show you that I love you by these big actions and stuff like that. When in reality, most of the times, it's exactly what you said. It's a mm-hmm. it's a kind, encouraging word here and there. It's picking up after yourself. It's doing the dishes. It's you know, fill in the blank. The little things that you know are that are just part of everyday life, but they mean so much. And I think that you know. Just a little, the little faithfulness, mm-hmm. you know, little steps of faithfulness make very, very big differences. Love is in the mundane, you know. It's mm-hmm. you can go out of your way and do do 
grand things, but um, to love someone, you there's there's a huge emphasis on just the daily the daily grind of just consistency and and being will, willing and able to be there, you know, and be present. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I very much agree with that, and I think that. Um, I think part of the reason why we see a lot of commitment issues and divorce in our culture is because it's very, very popular to say, oh, I'm not feeling it anymore. These, the big things aren't there anymore. Therefore, I guess I'm not in love anymore. And that's just, that's just such a flawed view of love because it's not, you know, love is not just an emotion. It's not just a, oh, I feel this way. Love is a conscious choice to put the person in front of you. It's, and to, yes. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Ultimately, it comes down to are you going to be selfish or are you going to be selfless? Mm. Are you going to do things for you? Are you going to personally seek pleasure? Are you going to personally seek comfort? Are you going to go out of your way to do things for another person? Do less things for yourself and, and more things for this other individual that, that you care about? At the core, um, I think the reason that um, a lot of marriages fall apart is because they can't get out of their own way, and and there's a selfishness Mm -hmm. there. Um, Selfishness, I think, is really what it boils down to. Um, Yeah. Mm, I would agree with that. I think that... Um, and a lot of that self, the selfishness just comes from, you know, putting our focus in the wrong place, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah. <clears throat> in today's world, I was just kind of thinking about how everything is given to us so fast. Instant gratification. If I want to know information, I can pick it up and I can search it on my phone. If I want something, I can order it on Amazon and it'll be in my house two days. And... I think with relationships, we kind of just expect everything to be just given to us. And it's not easy. Relationships, marriages are not easy. And people don't, people aren't willing to put in the work of a marriage. Um, Mm. And like you said, doing those little things for each other because love is in the mundane and if we're always just striving to have everything our way like everything else is right now, then it's just it's never gonna work because mm. it's it's giving it's giving up everything for each other. Definitely. Mm. <clears throat> How do you prevent yourself from being tempted in a relationship? So I thought this was an interesting question too. There are a lot of different directions that we could take this. Um, ultimately, it's the prioritization of the other person. Again, it, it comes down to uh, selflessness. And, you know, you could go a lot of directions with tempted, you know, tempted to anger, tempted to... Um, Tempted to, um, tempted to lust, tempted to cheating on your spouse, um, tempted to just 
doing anything behind their back, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think there, yeah. there's a, um, it demands openness. It demands communication. I think, I think a healthy marriage uh, demands kind of a mutual just openness. You can't, you can't, there can't be any skeletons or anything hidden. I think, I think the, the best way to prevent um, yourself from being tempted is to be an open book um, and, and communicate. Um, that takes a lot of intentionality, putting things into practice, like actually speaking to your spouse, you know. Um, and, and another would be maybe tempted to anger. Like, um, it's easy to be tempted into these things. And uh, sometimes, you know, just taking a step back and, and taking a deep breath, you know, going, going and being by yourself, you know, to, to meditate or to breathe or to pray for just a minute um, before addressing, you know, an issue or before, before creating one, you know, is, is a, an easy way to prevent yourself from being tempted in, into that. Um, and, and as far as um, tempted into to lust or cheating or adultery, um, it being that, you know, you've made this agreement with this person, um, they are ultimately the priority, and I don't know how I would really be able to live with myself for the, the guilt of turning my back on, on you, you know, I don't know how people are able to, to do that. Um, so there's a, a prioritization of family and a prioritization of the commitment that you've made. Um, and I feel like that, that makes it, you know, a pretty surefire way to not be tempted into, into going out, you know? Oh yeah. The temptation will always be there. You know, even Jesus was tempted. Um, but it's being able to resist that temptation. And I think a lot of times society tells us, well, you know, you're, you're with this person your entire life or their entire life. Mm. Like, are you sure you want to stay with them? You know, marriage is just a contract. You can sign it off. You can divorce them. Mm. Um, and it's, it's so much more than that. And I think just the value of marriage has been taken away. Um, and people, people don't see the value in, the way that God created a man and a woman to be able to have that physical, that intimate relationship with mm-hmm. each other when they are married, um, and that that can destroy that can destroy a marriage um, because the honeymoon phase can become over too early, or um, they they just don't see the the value in you know having that mm. one person with them through the rest of their life and um yeah i think i think that's probably like a huge issue Hmm. yeah i mean we see a lot of societal problems kind of arise from the destruction of the family unit Mm. from from the Mm -hmm. falling away of of the way that god kind of intended this to be um to where now uh, societal marriage, you know, not not scriptural marriage, but societal marriage has become something that's a little bit perverted, 
and acknowledging that marriage is supposed to be that between one man and one woman and that is the family unit you know if you if you destroy that um, then it's it's easy to for everything else to follow for society to kind of crumble behind it so um, yeah what do you what do you think are the best qualities that you find in each other that keep you going in a godly relationship or that keep you in a godly relationship I feel like um, in regard to Elena uh, she's very caring she's very diligent um, she's very very direct uh, and if if I'm lacking or if I'm not doing my job, Elena is not shy to tell me uh, where where I've fallen short, which I can appreciate now. Um, and I feel like, you know, on the flip side of that coin, she she does so gracefully. Um, she does so with love, and I feel like. One of the things that's a good counterbalance of Elena compared to me is um, she she is a list maker. She she's very organized. Um, she she doesn't like surprises, um, and so everything everything is itinerary. Everything's drawn out, um, and it's it's really been made my life a lot easier being that I'm the opposite. I'm kind of whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, which is, is good because a lot of the time she'll make these plans and, you know, more times than not, things won't go exactly as planned um, to where I can kind of come in behind and, like, pick up the pieces and, like, hey, it's okay. Things don't have to go perfectly as planned. It's fine. We can kind of roll with this. Um, which has been, I think, a good compliment. Uh, I think a lot of the time that's that's the way marriage works. So you have you have the flip side of the other person's coin. You know, it's there's there's a lot of counterbalancing in marriage. Um, but Elena, she's very sweet. She's very kind, very diligent, also very direct. And she's she's not afraid. To, to tell you what's on our mind, which I, I really appreciate. I, I've had to tame myself, I think, because growing up, uh, I was always told, like, no, it's really, like, it's okay to not say everything that's on your mind sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, when Wes and I were about to be boyfriend and girlfriend, I think... I, uh, I was like, hey, listen, I, I'm having a lot of fun with you, and you're about to go to barber college, and I just want to know right now if you want to stay in this relationship, because if you don't, then we can just cut it off Later. right here. <laughs> was, the summer was about to end, and we had been able to spend a lot of time with each other, and I'll get into this a little bit more in my next question, but um, she, she had basically said like there, there wasn't much time left in the summer and she was like this has been good I like you 
<laughs> are you are you going to are you going to be a man? You know, are you going to date me? But if you know, if not, you know, if this was just some summer thing to you, like okay, but I need to know. Like, <laughs> are you going to be a man about it? Like, do you actually anyway? So that was I thought that was really refreshing. Um. So yeah. Yeah, I I like how you talked about how everybody has a flip side of a coin because we're not exactly alike Mm -hmm. and I really like that about us. I like the fact that you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants sometimes Mm -hmm. in a way. uh, You know, I'll make all the plans and then something will go wrong and you'll be like, oh, let's do this. And it's some, most of the time it's like way better than what I thought because I have all this anxiety in my mind trying to plan things right now I'm trying to plan our son's birthday party it's next month he'll be a year old it's kind of crazy uh, but I've been like just worrying about all these little things and Wes is like yeah it'll yeah, be okay it's cool. it's it'll cool. be fine <laughs> it's a birthday party for a one year old like he's not gonna remember it you know but yeah Wes Wes is so he he gets very excited about one thing at a time and mm-hmm. he will just put all of his effort into one thing and i just i love that about him because he he does that with people and sometimes he'll just like pour all of his energy and all of his love into one person and when he sees that somebody is in need he just does everything he can and he spends so much time uh, praying for them and just being with them and just giving into them and you know if it's a hobby or if it's a situation or you know if just whatever he's just he's so he gets so excited about it I (laughs) I love that about him he's so excitable and he's so happy and I'm kind of, uh, I wouldn't say that I'm a passive person, but I'm just, I'm very, um, you're steady. Steady. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, a good word. And, um, so little, funny little backstory when I was in college, so I was an education major and I was teaching a group of students and I went back with my evaluator and she was telling me all these great things that I was doing but she was like I couldn't tell if you were happy or if you were sad or if you were nervous I just couldn't see that in your face and I was like oh I guess I need to you know at least pretend like I'll, I'm happy or something I'll wear everything <laughs> Wes wears everything uh, yeah I'll wear it on my sleeve yeah, it's it's very easy to tell if he's happy or sad. Which speaks to the counterbalance because sometimes I need a good anchor, you know. She serves a lot of times a good, a good grounding, mm-hmm. you know. This is this is where Elena is. This is where she's going to be, and she's steady. She's there. She's she's consistent and persistent. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wes is also he mentioned this earlier about doing the dishes and doing the laundry. He's He's such a good husband, and he he helps he helps me out a lot. I, I don't want to say like he's helping me or I'm helping mm. him because marriage is a partnership, and you're just like supposed to do those things anyways. But you know, I'll put the baby to bed, and I'll come back, and the kitchen's clean, and the living room's clean, and 
he's like, you just go relax, and it's it's just so nice. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'll speak, I'll speak to that, because, you know, again, like, this whole thing is a partnership, and she, she has a very, very important job. She's raising our child, you know, and I have a hard time imagining not, not, you know, speaking against anybody that's done this or has to do this, but, um, I have a hard time imagining like another person raising our child right now and then, you know, us dropping him off and then going to our own separate workspaces and going and picking him up. Um, and it's a hard job. Being, being a stay-at-home mother is a hard job. I feel like when I leave um, and go to work, I get to take a little bit of, of, a, of a break from my full-time job of, of being a dad. And then nine times out of ten when I get home, like, dinner is ready. And, you know, I'm, Asher is still alive, which is amazing. It's very, <laughs> very difficult to keep this little dude alive. He's into everything. Um, and so, yeah, I, I feel like, um, this whole thing, if you take it back to Genesis, it's uh, a man needed a, a helpmate and a, a woman needs a helpmate and a man, someone to take care of her. Um, really it's, it's the, the two in tandem taking care of each other. Um, and that's, that's the whole reason that it, it will work is when there, there's, equal parts effort of the two trying to take care of the other. Mm, that's really, really good. And just thank you guys so much for sharing that. That was, mm -hmm. that was really, really beautiful. Um, I think something I kind of want to talk about too is um, specifically looking in like the context of dating and that type of thing. Um, what are some, some signs that you, you notice while you were dating and, and some advice for, for people who are looking for those kind of qualities and mm. the people that they're, that they're dating. Elena prioritized um, prayer and she prioritized uh, being at church. She continues to prioritize uh, reading often um, and her relationship with, with the Heavenly Father. Um, I think that dating, like there obviously there has to be a little bit of a physical attraction, but there's spiritual attraction there too. Like I think for me, Elena was like getting to know each other at church camp helped, right? We get to spend time like in worship service together, and I could see and look into her passion for worshiping God. And I got to understand, like, wow, okay, this person is genuine about their faith. She really wants to pursue Christ. Um, so it made it easy for me. It's, it's hard to really speak into the, the other relationships that I have. We're so clearly not that, you know, they, those ended. This, this is not, you know, this is, this is marriage. This is different. It's real. Um, and, and she pursues Christ. So, yeah, and dating, that, that really helped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think if you're going to seriously pursue someone, then looking to be equally yoked is the most important thing. Um, 
And then, of course, the other qualities and um, personality things and other hobbies, you know, mm. if, if they align, then that's awesome, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think of... I know, of course, that it's most important to seek someone who is for the same goal as you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's really good, and I think it's, um, I think it's very difficult sometimes, especially nowadays. There seems to be a lot of uh, problems with communications and stuff like that, and relationships, and um, I think you know specifically a lot of times people can. Um, try to find an identity in a relationship instead of having their identity separate from it and looking for someone who is looking for God. And so um, I was wondering, what do you guys think about that sort of situation? Um, You have to find somebody who is going to make you a better person. Hands down. And I I guess it like, you really have to think about um, what you think is going to make you a better person and so when you think of biblical matters um, spiritual matters a person who is going to make you a better person is someone who is going to help you become a better Christian hands down yeah I'll add that just a little bit if you spend time with someone in a dating relationship and you being around them isn't making you into a person that you want to be, then you probably shouldn't be in that relationship. Mm -hmm. If you're around them and you're like, "Ah, I really wish I could be that person all the time, probably need to marry that person. If you're spending time with an individual and that individual is, is bringing out the best in you, um, then that's probably a pretty good indication that, that they're, they're uh, evenly yoked. If, if not, then you really, it doesn't leave much to question about, you know, if you ought to be in a relationship with them anymore. Um, so, yeah, it, it didn't take long for me to, to kind of see that, like, man, I, I really strive to be the person that I ought to be when I'm spending time with her, you know? So it was a very clear indication. Um, yeah. I think since we've been together, we've become better people. Yeah, which is the whole goal, right? I mean, to circle all the way back around to, to what we were talking about earlier, um, being in a relationship you know, aligning yourself with that person. Like, she is going to direct me towards the Heavenly Father, mm. right? If if we are right for each other, then I am going to be directing her towards the Heavenly Father. Um, and when we spend time together, that time will be spent in unison trying to get each other to that end goal, getting each other through the gate. Um, yeah. Mm. I really, really like what you said there. Um, and I think something that's uh, interesting, too, is I believe that like the way that a husband loves a wife or the way that a wife loves a husband is also 
an act of love toward God as well. Mm-hmm. Now you treat your spouse is a direct cor- is in direct correspondence with how you are, how your faith is. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think of, you know, there's a lot of people that um, they go to church every Sunday and that type of thing, and then as soon as they leave, it's like they're completely different people at home, and they don't treat their spouse with respect, or they don't they don't mm-hmm. you know they aren't present or they aren't uh, intentional about that love. And so I think that it's incredibly important to, I don't know, I feel like the genuineness of someone's faith and someone's heart can be seen as how do they treat their family. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that, you know, if there's like a discrepancy there, I think that, I don't know, that can be something difficult to, to, um, to rectify. So, and I know that's kind of a, Slightly off-topic question, but I was just kind of wondering about that. Yeah, I mean, there has to be a, a mutual respect for the, the, the other person. I mean, um, it's, it's pretty clear in the Bible that, that the man ought to, ought to lead us home. Although, I have to take into consideration the, the needs and the wants of my wife, you know. Um, ultimately, I'm... I'm going to lead us in in the direction that I guess I best see fit, but I'm not going to do anything without discussing it with my wife. Mm. And, and it's it's everything everything is to be considered in that aspect. Um, yeah, um, going off the topic of you saying that you know people walk into church and they you know do a certain thing and they walk out and it's completely different I think that can be the problem with church um it's really important that we do find um a community of people Mm. that can keep us accountable um Wes and I both have people um in our own separate groups Mm -hmm. who check up on us every week they keep us accountable for things that are going on in the home um, because they want that for us. They want that marriage to work. They want us to go to heaven. They want us to stay married, you know, because yeah. they they know how hard it can be in a marriage. And um, a lot of people will go about their day-to-day lives and something crazy will happen in their marriage and we just we have no idea what's going on and um not saying that's like all our fault but we just we have to make sure that we're we're finding those people and we're keeping each other accountable because we can't we can't do this thing alone you know we're god made us um people who strive to have that community with each other and community is just so important. Brayden, you were talking about this before the video camera got turned on, but the uh, the idea of this community, the idea of of this accountability, is that I need to know a people group so well that if something is going on with me, then they need to to know really. I mean, without even me having to say anything, you know, if there is something going on, then I'll, you know, Wes, what's going on, man? I can tell something's up with you. I can tell that, that something's not right. You know, you have to, you have to subject yourself to getting to know people 
that well, getting to do community with, with these people that closely, that, that if something's awry or amiss, um, then they can call you out on it and they can hold you accountable to it. Um, be it in marriage or, or dating relationship or, or whatever. I mean, it's, it's really should be a priority. Um, whether you're a single person or not, you need to find community, community of people to hold you accountable. Thank you very much. When you were dating, when did you know they were the one? That, yeah, that's, um, I don't think I have an exact moment where I knew that Wes was the one, but I would say we started dating in July, I guess, and by Thanksgiving, we had been to each other's family's houses for Thanksgiving. I think by that time, I knew he was the one, um, and we were already telling each other we loved each other and mm-hmm. stuff, and I remember I was watching my brother play football um, and I was at a game and Wes had called me and I was hanging up the phone and I said love you too and my mom was like whoa you're already saying you love each other like that's crazy (laughs) (laughs) this is probably September or October or something like that Um, but yeah I somewhere somewhere in there I, I just knew that he was he was the one for me I think for me, I fell really quick and really hard. Um, we had been spending a lot of time together the the summer that we had kind of started dating, and I had had relationships prior, but um, none that ever worked out. Um, and I think for me, I I knew that Elena was a woman worth marrying. Um, very early on I think that nobody had ever been as direct with me as Elena was um, and we touched on this just a little bit earlier but I thought about that question that she asked me like for two weeks because she was so just straight up she was like look I had a lot of fun with you I, I think I really like you what do you want you know, what do you want? Do you want to date me? Because I think I would like that. You need, you need, to, you need to think about that. If you, want to, if you want this to just be like a summer thing, cool. But I need to know what it is that you want. And so I'm thinking about that question for like, you know, the next week or two weeks or however long it was before I made it official or whatever. Um... I came to grips with the fact that she was a a woman worth marrying. And I knew that if I were to get into this relationship with her, um, and this is the reason that I thought about it so long before we actually started dating, I knew that if we were to date, I would likely marry her because she was a a woman worthy of a a marital relationship. so yeah, we didn't know each other long. For me, for me, I mean, we did know each other long, but we hadn't dated long. Uh, we we had known each other for years, but we had only dated for um, a couple months. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm 
I'm going to make it a priority to, to at some point, put a ring on on her finger, you know, to wipe her up. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was not it was not all that long at all for me. That's really really great. Um, I just, I wanted to talk about one thing uh, in specific. I think there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about dating nowadays, uh, especially in our society and culture there's a lot of mixed messages there's a lot of uh, fear of commitment there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding of what it means to really be in a relationship with someone and what it means to uh, be in love with someone Um, so uh, we mentioned a little bit about intentionality and how it's kind of like a a symptom of love so to say Um, and so I was just wondering what were some things that you were especially intentional about while you were dating her that really um, were really key key points for you? Um, I think um, the easiest one, because we were in a long-distance relationship for a long time, is we, we made it a point to spend time together. Um, although we talked on the phone a good bit, I was horrible at talking on the phone, but I tried to make up for it in being around, you know, so I think... Every week, with very few exceptions, we were around each other at least once a week, where I would either come to Searcy or go to Dover, uh, where she grew up, or, or go to, we'd meet somewhere in the middle, meet in Conway, or she would come up to Mountain View and we would spend time together then. Um, I, I think that, that that was a high point in our dating relationship was just all right, what are we going to do this week to see each other? What are we going to do to, you know, to, to spend time together, to be around each other? Um, and I think uh, maybe part of the problem with the dysfunction in dating relationships today is that it can be done virtually. Mm-hmm. It can be done with a swipe, you know, mm-hmm. and, and a text message or a FaceTime. And you're not going to get the same intimacy. You're not going to get the same connection. You're not going to get the same relationship that you would with spending actual quality time with an individual. You're not going to get to know a person the same way you would if you if you sat down and had a conversation or had a meal with them. Um, and and two, like I think um, culture is screaming, you know. Be as physical as you can with as many people as you can, and uh, I think I think withholding that uh, saves a lot of intimacy and a lot of specialness for for marriage, you know. And, and things things are way more gratifying um, thereafter than like running around and fooling around with as many people as you can because you have to, you know. I don't know. <laughs> get get your count up or whatever it's silly so Mm -hmm. yeah I think I talked about this a little bit earlier but just um the the specialness of marriage isn't that special if you've been with a bunch of people because you've already experienced it and that's something like pretty fun to experience with your spouse and um it, and that's what keeps it fun and right. engaging. And it's the way that it was designed to be. You know, I, yeah. I had mentioned this earlier too, but marriage at the core, you know, 
it's between one man and one woman and when you're fooling around you know in a dating relationship you're essentially going around and experiencing what what is for married people with all these different people and there's just an emptiness there there's there's a void there there there's still a hole that's not being filled and it becomes this perverted thing to where thereafter you know when you do get married you're confused and you you know you you want to continue to seek out other partners or mates and if you save that for your you know your one spouse that you're to get married with um then it's it's way way more fulfilling mm. that's a really 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 good answer um i think uh you know, something that, that makes me think of is, I think it's in First Corinthians that Paul talks about he who sins sexually sins against his own body, mm. that type of thing. And I think um, our society has really, really stressed a point of making sex much less of a big deal than it really mm. is. Um, because sex is one of the most intimate things that people can experience. Yeah. You know, and it was meant, and it was created to be for one man, one woman in the context of marriage. And that's it. You know, it's exclusive and it's beautiful and wonderful in that context. But society has taken that and mm-hmm. just sort of removed all of the the beauty from it, and it becomes, mm-hmm. like you were saying, an empty an empty thing, an empty um, empty action. And yeah, so, a perverted a perverted mm-hmm. uh, interpretation of what it was originally meant to be. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And now, now it's made it to where you're two seconds away from watching whatever you want online yeah and it's just totally perverted it totally just made it like john eldridge said just like like porn is like cotton candy where it's just it's it's not like eating natural food it's not fulfilling like natural food it's cotton candy where you go and eat it and you still you're still hungry and it hurts you Hmm. yeah solid point well this has been a very good episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. Me too. Thank you thank you guys so much for coming on. Yeah, it was fun. Thank you. All right. Well, this has been the Steadfast Podcast. We will see you next week.